Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything that's going on inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema. My name is Nick Aldrink and I am the programming and media coordinator of the Michigan and State Theater. And I am joined by a guest today who also works for the Michigan. Please tell us who you are and what you do. My name is David Hufford. I'm one of the staff organists at the Michigan Theater. And I'm also uh, one of the technicians who has been working to restore the 1927 Barton Theater organ. Yes, and uh, the audience appreciates the work that you do. Uh, what was the last time that you played the organ? It was on Monday for the Bohemian Rhapsody. Got it. Okay, so uh, that we had a pretty good crowd for that. So you've, you've, you've definitely seen David around, whether you know it or not. <laughs> do you have any, any like, favorite songs that you play uh, when, while you're, you're going for it? I have a, a set of various things that we keep rotating, and it's it's always fun to pick up a new song and, and do something with it and, and play it on the theater organ. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the ones recently is the uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella <laughs> <laughs> song, but it's always something different all the time. Uh, when I used to work up front as a manager, I appreciated understanding the different touches that each organist br- brings as they're playing, because like... Andrew Rogers, he plays, I think he's probably, I, I remember him playing the most. The most. Yeah. I always recognized uh, when uh, Showtime was about to start because he has the same closing music. And I, I just, like I said, I appreciate the little touches that you add. Right. Yeah. Um, theater organ is a very individual kind of thing, which makes it different than the classical organ that I was mainly trained on. So mm-hmm. the classical is about getting all the right notes and the right style for the period Uh and all those things and meanwhile theater organ is really played in quite a different way Mm -hmm. um the the interpretation the style the most of the things about it are very individual and very style oriented and everyone has his own way to do it it's what what you like it's who you are as a musician and what comes out of you and it's (laughs) it's a pretty cool thing i've known you for uh, as a as an organist for the for a long time but we've never i've never actually been able to talk to you like this i don't do you play anywhere else i'm a, a church organist and music director at a lutheran church in allen park i've been there for almost 24 years oh really okay yeah. michigan theater is this massive pipe organ i'm right. sure at a church are you playing like an electric organ no it's a pipe organ it's a pipe also. organ as well okay yeah. what's what's different about playing at the michigan uh compared to playing anywhere else i guess what's special about the barton organ the the Barton organ was um, first of all, it's one of uh, not a great number of theater organs that survive in their original locations. Yeah. So it's been there since 1927, and and the only time anything's left the building has been during the work that we've done uh, within about the last five six years. Yeah. So um, uh, there were about seven thousand theater organs made between the teens and up to right around 1930 when the talking movies came in and uh-huh. ruined everything. <laughs> and <laughs> So the um, the theater organs that were put in place during that time, those 7,000 organs, most of those, uh, some got repossessed by the companies when the theaters quit paying on them because they didn't need them anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, some got thrown out, some went into people's basements, some got broken up for parts or who knows what. So yeah. um, that's what happened to a lot. So out of about 7,000, the Michigan organ is one of about 45 that are still originally where they went. So not a great oh, wow. percentage. Wow. And so we have several in this area. There's the Michigan. There's the Wurlitzer at the Fox Theater in Detroit, which is an especially large one. 
There's the Wurlitzer at the Senate Theater that was moved from the Fisher Building in, uh -huh. I, I believe, the 1960s, and it went originally to a small theater called the Iris, and the the place didn't hold uh, enough people for the groups that they got for those back in the day. Uh -huh. So they took it back out, which is not a uh, small feat, and moved it over to the Senate when they acquired that, and so it's still there. There's another Barton organ at the Redford Theater, which is slightly smaller than the Michigan, uh -huh. but similar. Uh -huh. And there are other ones up in Ironwood and uh, another that I can't think of right now, yeah, but yeah. They're, they're in the area and they're still in the original places. That's that's fascinating. As I under as I know and understand, the the Barton organ is essentially one of the main reasons why the Michigan Theater still exists, right? That's correct. They started using the organ. It it never sat for decades completely unused, fortunately, but there was a time probably in the 50s and 60s when it was seldom used or not very usable. Mm -hmm. And people started bringing it back in the 60s and early 70s and got it back to playable condition. Mm -hmm. So then there were groups that, that used the organ for uh, Sunday night uh, free time with the organ, and they started using it for weekend shows and got the public interested in hearing the organ again. Mm -hmm. And then when the Michigan was threatened with being turned into a food court or something like that, yeah. when the original lease ran out in 76, 78, I believe. Mm -hmm. And at that point, people said, no, we don't want to see this organ go away. We don't want to see the theater get gutted. Mm -hmm. And the city purchased the theater uh, sort of on a ask for permission later basis. <laughs> <laughs> they, they purchased the theater and uh, volunteers ran it, got it stable and operational. And at that point, the ownership was transferred to the Michigan Theater Foundation. What, what a true gift that that was uh, how long have you been uh, playing at, at the michigan then i've been playing at the michigan since the fall of 2014 which was at the end of the work that we did that year to rebuild the console and electrical systems okay and that that actually was important to me because it gives each of us as organists the ability to set uh, stops and sounds and things that that are what we want instead of everyone having to share all the same things I think it takes a lot away from your individual expression. Uh -huh. So we have a lot of freedom. We can do what we like uh, yeah, I, Fall of 2014 was exactly when I started working in oh, Michigan great. as well. Okay, <laughs> very good Yeah, so uh, So you, as you said, you've been uh, working to restore the Barton organ uh, and with a massive undertaking last summer, right? Right, and the summer before as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing exactly? Like, how many instruments are, are inside the organ? There are something like 1,100 pipes in the yeah. organ, like you would think of pipes in a church organ. But in addition to those things, there are also uh, lots of other instruments, such as a, a set of glockenspiels, there's a marimba, there's a xylophone, several different drums, and then sound effects like triangle, castanets, auto horn, uh, different whistles, stereophonic bird calls, <laughs> uh, chrysoglot, uh, all kinds of things. And these sound effects were used back in the day so that the organist could paint up the movie with the sounds of the organ before there were sound movies. Uh huh. So, yeah. Where do you even start when you're restoring the organ? Like, what was the first, the first thing to be done? We started taking care of the organ in the spring of 2013. Mm -hmm. And the organ was uh, in a needy state at that time. The old electrical systems had a lot of troubles with uh, dead notes and just being very unreliable all the way around. And also there was a problem with the blower, just not keeping up with all the leaks and things like that that had accumulated over the years. And the gaskets and seals had dried out after 90 years, not mm -hmm. surprisingly. And yeah. 
Um, so the, those were some big struggles. And what happened is that in early 2014, the original blower finally smoked when uh, Lance Luce was playing a silent movie one Sunday oh. evening. And by the time he got to the end, his eyes were burning and people in the projection booth could smell a smoky smell in the theater. Wow. And it turned out that the blower motor was finally done. Oh, okay. And it had been running considerably over current for a long time, trying to keep up with the wind loss and we had to rebuild the blower, which got done just in the shave of time for an Ann Arbor Symphony concert that used the organ that year. Mm -hmm. And then a few months later, we started with the console and electrical rebuild to address all the electrical problems that had been problematic. Can you, I mean, we've been saying that you've been restoring the organ. Can you tell us a little about your company? Yes. Uh, our, our company is called Renaissance Pipe Organ Company, mm -hmm. and we were established in 1993 right here in Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. and we're uh, caretakers of several of the important instruments in the area, uh, Christchurch Cranbrook, both Detroit cathedrals, Metropolitan Methodist, and uh, First Presbyterian Church of Fort Wayne is a well-known place where they have a competition every other year, mm -hmm. and uh, places like that. So it's, it's great to keep up these important instruments and make sure that they do well into the future. And that includes the Michigan as well. Yeah. Uh, we are, we are, you were saying as we were exchanging emails, you're saying that uh, December is your busy time. Uh, because I, I, I didn't think of, of, of course you have a busy time, just like, just like any company, you have a busy time because you're tuning everyone's organs for the holiday season. That's correct. Can, can you tell us like what about tuning organs? I guess I, I, so now I'm telling you, I know nothing about, uh, about what goes into tuning organs. I was just, I'm very curious about what goes into that and how, what, what kind of process that is. How do you tune 1100 pipes? One by one. <laughs> That's about it. Um, organs are very subject to temperature. Uh -huh. And so this is what keeps us busy with tuning work as the seasons change. And when, when the air is colder or warmer, the for example, warmer air will vibrate more quickly than cold air does. Mm -hmm. And it's um, about uh, 2% of a semitone in pitch for every degree of temperature. So when the temperature is off by maybe four or five degrees between two different sections of an organ, it can start to sound pretty gross. And, and then we get you know, the work to take care of that, yeah. keep it sounding good all the time. Mm -hmm. The Michigan organ actually tends to be pretty stable, so that's a good thing. <laughs> the, uh, another part of the work that's been going on at the Michigan, the console and electrical were actually um, not historic quite in the way they were done because that's been upgraded to modern systems that do give a lot of flexibility as well as extremely high reliability, and that's important yeah. because the maintenance costs to keep up the old equipment were really almost at the point where they were threatening whether the, the organ could continue like this. You know, when something is a continual financial obligation, it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. But then the work being done up in the, in the two chambers, there's a left chamber and a right chamber at the theater that hold the pipes and other sound effects. And last year it was the left chamber. Everything was taken out of there. The plaster ceiling that had been water damaged in the 1960s was professionally rebuilt by a contractor, which is really nice now. Mm -hmm. And then the every bit of the organ was completely taken apart, restored, everything back to like new condition, pipes repaired. The reeds were all refurbished, the reed pipes such as the trumpets and clarinets and oboes and things like that that make mm -hmm. special colors. Everything was just put back to 100%, and a lot of the shortcut repairs that were done by volunteers in past decades were uh, done properly, and everything is class A right now. And the same thing was done with the right chamber this past year. Okay. 
And it's beautiful to look at too. <laughs> yeah. No one sees it, but it's beautiful to and look it, at. I mean, it's beautiful to hear as well. Right. Yeah. It's very exciting. And it's, it's exciting too. The chambers each have louvers on the front that provide volume control for what's inside. Mm -hmm. And so what's nice now is to open those louvers or we call them swell shades. And it doesn't sound like the organ's about to all fall out of there because <laughs> of all the rumble and leaking going on that used to be there. But now we just hear beautiful organ sound coming out. <laughs> So are uh, you finished this massive undertaking the past couple summers? Is uh, what's in the, the the future for the organ? At this point, I think we're we're looking at just basic maintenance, like any organ needs. Mm -hmm. And the this has been a very thorough restoration of all the perishable parts back to like new conditions. So mm -hmm. this should really keep major work away for perhaps the next fifty years or more, mm -hmm. long after I'm not doing <laughs> it, and maybe even not here. But the um, it. It'll just be keeping up with maintenance, the occasional little thing that goes wrong because of a speck of dust in the wrong spot yeah. or some weird leak that develops or something like that. But it should be nothing major. This this is why it's exciting for us. Uh, we we love our community. We love the city and, yeah. and especially the artistic aspects of it and all the good things that go on at the Michigan Theater. Mm -hmm. So this feels like a great way for us to contribute to the Ann Arbor culture for a very long time in the city that we love. Uh, do you have any any other uh, massive undertakings that uh, you uh, for, with Renaissance? Uh, are you? What's your next major project? Oh, uh, we we have another organ that needs its console uh, updated with new systems because the ones from the 1980s have quit, and uh, we have a couple instruments that we'll be completely restoring, continuing that sort of work. One is from the 1920s in Detroit, mm -hmm. a very beautiful instrument that this will be the final stage of restoring that to like new condition as well. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, that's, that, that's, that's, that's really terrific. Do you, do you go out of state much to... Um, we we do get to Toledo quite a bit for okay. some work there, and we have the the major account in Fort Wayne. The, most of the rest of it here is in kind of this area. Okay, between uh, Ann Arbor, Detroit, Jackson, uh, Flint area, that sort of thing. Okay, um, as a musician yourself, I I, I kind of want to start talking about a little bit about just. Uh, silent films and accompanying silent films. Well, have you done any of our silent accompaniments at the Michigan? I have not. They asked me to do one last year and it was sort of a conflict with when the organ was uh -huh. coming and going and it wasn't playable for a while so it hasn't happened yet but I, I have done one in the past mm -hmm. and it's it's definitely uh, an art that takes some work and I, <laughs> I understand what goes into it. I, I would like to try it again sometime. It'll take some gearing up. What was the film that, you, that, 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 that you've done before? What, oh. what films have you done? Oh, you know, we're going back like 30 years, so <laughs> I, I don't recall clearly what it was. Okay. Um, because as I understand, a lot of – is, is most of it improvisation as it, you're playing? It uh, is. Yeah. And so for the organists to accompany the silent films in the way that they did back in the day when, when these organs went in, you, of course, to do it well, mm -hmm. you need to know – the film thoroughly you need to know what the next action is if you have a line of people that all fall over and hit the ground you yeah. want to be able to do something musically at the right time and not five minutes later to go along with that you know what i mean and mm -hmm. we want to accentuate and bring out the action that's going on play music of a suitable mood whether it's a happy scene or a, a horror scene or the monster attacking or whatever is happening mm -hmm. you want to make it fit and when we've seen skilled organists play the silent movies, and we have people that do it very well at the Michigan, we 
we soon forget that we're watching a silent film. We just get wrapped up in the visual. We get yeah. wrapped up in the sound of the organ, and the whole mood fits together, and it's a great thing. Yeah. And it it really is a big kick for me to see a theater full of um, – you get people of all ages, of course, but we might have hundreds of college-age students – use that word. I don't mean it to sound like yeah. children, but we have college-age people in the theater – maybe have never even heard a theater organ before, and they're mm-hmm. on their feet screaming at the end of this thing because it has been <laughs> such a terrific experience, and it really touched them, and that, that means a lot. Uh, when you have so many instruments and sounds at your disposal uh, with uh, when you're on a, a, the bar, like a theater like the Barton Organ at the Michigan, does it make it... Is it more daunting to improvise, or do you think it make, do you think it makes it easier to improvise? Oh, I think it's more creativity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if if you're cooking and you have two hundred things to use in your cabinet, it's different than if you have five things to choose from, right? <laughs> it's it. Yeah, what you can do is limited by your own mind, really, and, uh-huh. and what you can reach in time for what you want it to. <laughs> but yeah. Because so, you said that there's there I didn't, I didn't know that there are bird sounds in, yeah. in the organ yeah oh, okay it's a, there's a each one there's one on each side of the theater uh-huh. and they play at the same time but it, it has a little tiny a little fat pipe that's upside down and a little brass can of I think it's copper actually a little copper can of thin oil okay and when you play that the pipe being in the fluid just goes <laughs> it makes these whistly sounds like that and yeah it's cool <laughs> that is yeah that is a uh, that's 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 really interesting. So uh, aside from the electronic components that weren't original to the Barton organ, what else has been added to it? The only other things uh, that have been added to the organ in past years, there were twelve pipes added in the left chamber uh, that helped to reinforce the baseline of the organ, which had been considered to be uh, marginal in the past. And various proposals were made for how to deal with that. So 12 pipes were made that were uh, in stylistic keeping with practice of Barton in, in the case of other instruments, and those helped quite a bit. Those were also restored a couple of years ago in the course of other work. And the other thing being added is a crash symbol, which oh. the organ did not, it had a, a small symbol, but not a crash symbol for a big dramatic moment. (laughs) And this crash symbol comes from a large Barton theater organ that was installed in the former Chicago Stadium. And that stadium was taken down and the organ was removed to storage. And most of that organ got destroyed in a fire that happened while it was being stored. But this is one of the pieces that survived. And the previous technician was able to purchase it for the theater. And it's been awaiting restoration and is going to be installed now to add one more little touch to the Barton, but we are not out to change this organ or disrupt its historic integrity. Yeah. It's a matter of restoration and uh, this one small addition that easily could be taken out and it would be like it was never there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this may be kind of like a silly question because I think your answer is, is well, I'm thinking if, if the, I'm, I'm assuming it, it's a key because I know that the organ, as, as you're looking at the organ, there's keys and there's buttons and switches as well. So if you want to hit the crash symbol, right. is that, what are you hitting on the organ? There? There's, there's a little metal button that you hit with your foot. Okay. Yeah, several of the sound effects work with those. And it's, okay. it's on the front edge of the pedal board towards the console. And there's a, a row of these buttons there that operate special effects. Okay. So I, I, what I was thinking because if you're hitting a, a, a pedal with your foot and it's activating the crash symbol, 
I'm sure that you, that you want there to be as little delay as possible in that happening. But is there somewhat? Do you, do you do you really have to as you're playing? Do you really have to kind of plan for a little delay? But or is it? There's there's a very small acoustical delay of hearing the organ when you play a key at the console, but I think we as organists are used to hearing yeah. sounds coming from distances, and some are more significant than others in terms of the delay, but the organ speaks much more quickly with the modern control system than it yeah. did with the original uh, 90-year-old electrical switching, so that's sped it up quite a bit. And yeah, I suppose when we use an effect like the crash symbol, you realize that that striker has to have a, a very small bit of time to get where it's going. So we just plan that into it. Yeah. Well, that's that makes it even more impressive what, what you do there. <laughs> it's, it's cool. I studied playing carillon when I was doing my master's at Michigan. And, and that's definitely a case where the same kind of thing comes into play. We're moving a very heavy metal striker that has to get to a bell, but you don't just touch that key and have it there right now. You have to Give that a couple seconds, yeah. maybe, if it's a really big one, to get where it's going and have it play at the right time. Do you recall the first time that you that you played on the Barton organ? Is there anything that that like w w when you got on the Barton organ? Is that what what's really special about that organ? That that like kind of that that you in your heart feel that when when you're playing there. It's well, I had to audition for Henry Aldridge. He's okay. he's the person we can credit with the theater yes. still being there, and he's still around, and and he has done so much to make sure that the the organ and the theater have continued and i i know he has plans at some point in his life to retire and maybe won't be in ann arbor anymore but i know he wants to leave that organ in great shape oh, for yeah. the future because it's been so important to him mm -hmm. so the seeing this get done right now is a real dream for him and yeah. something that's making him very very happy mm -hmm. um, i've departed from the question though and no, i I'm, I'm glad that we gave henry aldridge <laughs> a shout out it was, it was long long delayed here on this episode <laughs> so uh what what henry said is that he, need, he needs to hear everyone play and, and i know he's joking and he says well as long as you can play better than I can, then you can have the job. Now, Henry's a wonderful player. He is. He says that in a self-deprecating way, but it, it was a bit intimidating to sit down at this instrument that that he's known almost as long as I've been alive yeah. and, and to play for him. And I, I played a kind of a jazzy arrangement of a Duke Ellington tune, and he liked it a lot, so there I am. My first encounter to play for the shows was five years ago for the, the Warner Brothers shorts and then the White Christmas sing-along in the evening. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been an annual tradition that I enjoy doing very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, yeah, that, that's such a such a fun event. When uh, when when you're playing to a sing along like that, does the rhythm of the audience is that just something that you because there's people that might be tone deaf in the audience and there's people that might be able to keep time as well as you. Does that, does that come as a difficulty well, as you're playing? This is where all the years as a church organist come in <laughs> handy. We, we just, we know that we can't, we're not really accompanying per se. Some people yeah. refer to playing hymns in church as accompanying and I don't uh -huh. look at it that way. I look at it as leading yeah. because I absolutely have to play with the rhythm that people can follow and I don't probably hear them sing at the same time that they do it because of the distance involved. Mm -hmm. I play the key, the organ goes out to them, they hear it, yeah. they start singing which may or may not be on time and then the sound of them reaches <laughs> me. So oh, if, yeah. if I wait for all that, we'll mm -hmm. get slower and slower and yeah. slower and we have to play it hymns and things like that or sing-alongs in a very take charge way and, and and make sure that it makes sense for the tempo of the song and mm -hmm. what people can actually get out in terms of the words. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you so much for for sitting down here, David. Uh, before we start wrapping this up, how can people find your company if they want to look if they want to look you up? 
Uh, we're in Ann Arbor. We're in the, um, I suppose we can be searched on the internet is the easiest way. We, mm-hmm. we don't do a lot of advertising because our best advertising is the work that we do and the, mm-hmm. the word of mouth that comes with that people go to somewhere important and say, who do you use? And they mm-hmm. say, we use Renaissance pipe organ or that sort of thing. So it's it's a matter of building a reputation on the quality of our work. And mm-hmm. it's it's always you know, something a good business person wants to do every day and make sure that we leave good things behind us. So absolutely. Yeah. We love serving our community. Oh, that's, uh, uh, the community is happy to have you serving it. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap this up, uh, I gave you uh, a little warning to the, how we uh, end this, these episodes, uh, what we call our movie magic moments. And this is the time of the episode where we talk about something that we've seen recently that we can recommend to the listeners. And as we say, uh, reminded us why we love movies. Uh, what is something that you've seen recently that, that you that you'd like to talk about? The last movie we saw was the uh, the Freddie Mercury movie, yeah. right? The mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody, which was at the Michigan on Monday, and it it was fantastic. There was a large audience, and it was presented in, very cleverly in a sing along format with the text on the screen, so that people could sing with it, and everybody yeah. loves that music, <laughs> the music of Queen as well oh, as yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody itself. Mm-hmm. So I I had the opportunity to play the pre-show and I wrapped up my set with a uh, sort of a edited together version of Bohemian Rhapsody and <laughs> it seemed to get a good response. Yeah, where, where people sing along? And, uh, yeah, Some, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> I, and um, th- the symbol is, you know, the crash symbol we talked about isn't in yet. We could have had that at the end of the uh-huh. song and I heard people go, Psh, at, <laughs> at the end of the song where that should have been. So that that was a wonderful movie and, and to see the history of how Freddie and the rest of the Queen group formed uh-huh. their band and everything they went through and his great artistic drive and brilliance and uh, also I was really quite touched at the end by by his sad demise at such a yeah. young age and and uh, you know perhaps we know people that passed away f- in similar circumstances at such a loss mm-hmm. to the artistic community mm-hmm. so it's it's very sad really but yeah. still we we appreciate his joy and his drive to entertain right until just about the last minute he sang until just a few months before oh, yeah. he passed away mm-hmm. was that your first time seeing the film I think I'd seen bits of it before yeah. when when they were honoring the stars of the movie and their great work. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so so much fun. I I, I really I love that this uh, Bohem. I was playing because we played it a couple times last year and then uh, we brought it back again this year. So it's kind of looking like this might be an annual thing that that we do again. I love uh, kicking off the new year as we like as we're doing with these grand musicals. And I love that the musical in a way is coming back. Like the the real uh, just the 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 sing along the joy to sing along with something absolutely yeah. and the the white christmas every year is a, yeah. another really great tradition it seems to just grow and grow and i think mm-hmm. we had over a thousand people this past year yeah we had about 1200 people show up for the last white christmas it's it's, it's 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 so much fun and one of our guys, Randall Nichols, was uh, the singer for the sing-along before the show this year, and he really enjoyed doing that, and maybe that will be something else we can continue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so mine, I recently caught up uh, with the film, uh, the classic The Thin Man on TCM, and I've never seen it before until I've uh, until I watched it. Uh, it was on uh, just a, a couple weeks ago. And what I love about that movie is how well it holds up, especially like a comedy from, it's like a whodunit comedy from the 1930s. And just when you watch something that holds up that well, it's inspiring to me as someone who, who, who does like making films to just put it on the screen and, 
talk, use your voice and create something unique that will hold up for, that can hold up for decades. That's just the power of movies. Uh, just because, uh, especially there's just, there's moments in the film that just had me literally laughing out loud. Like when, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the film, but at the end it, where they're essentially, they're about to point out who did it. Uh, he, he's gathered all of these characters in, into the room. They're all sitting at the table and he makes this grand speech and he's like, and I know who did it, <laughs> but first let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> Gets you right there. <laughs> M- making art that lasts, whether, yeah. whether it's a movie or a painting or a pipe organ uh, all yeah. these things, it's. I think it's similar. Yeah, and we're leaving something great behind us that people, for years and decades, and who knows how long into the future, will get something very Absolutely. special out of experiencing. Very well said. Thank you again, David, for sitting here uh, and recording this episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We're going to be back in your feed in about the next month or so uh, with a a brand new episode. In the meantime, send us an email, btmapod at gmail.com. Send us your movie magic moments. Uh, Send us your questions, anything that we may not have covered on the Barton organ. Send those questions uh, to me, and I'll I'll send them to David, and I'm sure he'll be able to answer them, and I'll be able to answer them on the next question or on the next episode. Follow us on social media. Find us the the Michigan and State Theater on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, You can send us your comments there as well. Thank you one more time, David. Thank you, Nick. This is great. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening and joining us behind the marquee. 